Hey, it's Jill. And here's some tea we're about to spill. About what life is like being 20. Some things. It's 20. Hello. Hello, we're back. With another episode. And this episode is a special one. It is? Mm, actually, Julian is a Gemini. And it's, it's Gemini season. season. You yes. got that. So it's actually, well, we're recording this right now, May 18. It's yeah. even today, right? But Julian's birthday is 29. Woo-hoo. And we'll be having, we'll be uploading, we'll be uploading this episode right before her birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're pre-recording because sadly, I'll be out of the country. I'm so During my sorry. birthday week. It's okay. But we're gonna hang out ASAP right when, you when come I come back. back. Yay! Yay! So, how old are you turning I am, 29? Oh my god, I am a quarter <laughs> of a century. So, 25, I know, I feel old. Yeah. You're one year younger than me, right? Yeah, but since I'm Feb, it's more of like nine months older. Mm-hmm. Younger. I'm nine months older. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, actually, um, I saw this tweet. Okay. And... Of course, Care I shared to share. it. And this tweet Wait, said, you shared it because you we both related yeah. so much to it. Like, it was like, oh, this is for us. Yeah, this yeah, this tweet hit me in the feels. So, it was a tweet by at Aswang Kira. If you have ever... Aswang? Cons- yeah, I, I don't know. That's her username. Okay. Like, you know, credit to where credit's due, I guess. True. <laughs> yeah. So, her tweet was, If you have ever considered hosting a podcast... Starting a blog, making zines, or applying to grad school, congrats. You've officially reached your quarter-life crisis. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, but, like, more checks for me because, like, podcast. And I actually have already started the blog. And I'm actually in the process of conceptualizing for a zine. Like, it was on one of my goals, like, like on the start of 2019 I had this whole goals list yeah, the which, of, feed, yeah. Yeah, which is where you saw like my goals for a podcast right which is how this all started yeah Ooh, yeah serendipity and well on the grad school part like I've considered it as well but it's more of like I don't got the moolah and also I'm not awesome enough for a scholarship so no you, know. you can you can no I, I still have to build my portfolio okay yeah but this but, is so funny okay yeah. this applies to you more but i'm the one with the quarter life crisis so that's true <laughs> but have you thought of starting a blog mm. maybe like a thought dump yeah. i uh, no i do have a blog oh, see <laughs> yeah i have like a thought catalog blog yeah, yeah. but i don't oh, know God. i forgot really? what the url is anymore but i have one before i made one in college okay. well, how about making zines mm, no. does making but any artwork count let's just count it na lang. like making a painting okay personally like i don't want to offend anyone but I don't actually know what the definition of a yeah, zine is. Yeah, me too, is. right? Yeah. But is I, it just like a compilation, like small artworks into like a cute pamphlet? It's not like that, necessarily, right? yeah. Because do you Sige, know Kubao X? Me. Do you know Kubao X? No. Oh my God, we're gonna go there. One day. Okay. June. Okay. Like Sige. when I come back, okay. that, that's a birthday celebration. There's there's like this really nice cocktail drink there that I'm gonna... <laughs> it's so good. And, also, <laughs> and we know how I am with cocktail yeah, drinks. Oh my God, this episode was so fun. It was episode... 
five. five. So tune in to that for drunk stories. Everyone loves a good drunk story. That's true. Yeah. So Kubao X is I don't know how to explain it, but it's sort of like this hidden gem mm-hmm. in Manila. I feel like it's that very very indie art scene. Oh, for me, yeah, like it's a type where in movies it's gonna be like that area where you kind of meet this like brooding artsy boy mm. that will inevitably break your heart Aww. but both will be changed for the good I don't know it, it sort of fits that narrative and okay. there was a shop there that sold zines okay. but when I looked at zines yeah there are there are zines that are just pamphlets of art compilations Mm-mm. but there are also zines that are comic books and they're just there's just like a whole different thing so Maybe I should just Google what it means, but but we're too tamad. Yeah, okay. we're we're too lazy. So yeah. But for me, like my take on zines is just like a freestyle mm. of whatever you want to say to the world. Yeah. So I kind of cool. want to do something like that, but I haven't like gotten to a concrete concept yet. Cool. But anyway, so back to the quarter life crisis. Yes, I am currently going through it. Okay. Okay. I'm. I'm all. I mean, yeah. I'm nine months younger, but that's not really that far. Yeah. Because we're like in the same batch. So. But I feel like there's I more pressure like on me because, like, it's. I'm actually at the twenty fifth mark, of my life. Okay. Can I just say? Remember. Mm. Remember when I talked about like the twenty nineteen, goals mm-hmm. tweet I had. The reason I had that whole thing was because this is my last year before I turn 25. Like, I am on a deadline here. And I remember when I was a kid, like, I would have lists things I would do before I turn 18. Mm -hmm. Because when you were a kid, 18 was like, ooh. I know. It it was that, that age. And then when I got to 18, I was like, I haven't done anything. So when I turned 21... Oh, 21, okay. And then I turned 21, and I still haven't done anything, but at least I graduated college, and I was like, yes, finally, I'm gonna have more time to do all the things I wanna do. But we don't actually have time when we work, so now 25 is the new deadline. And, and then now that I, well, now that I'm yeah. in 25, 30 is the new deadline. <laughs> 30 before 30. Yeah. yeah. The dirty 30. Why is it called the dirty 30? I don't isn't know. It, <laughs> isn't it like thriving 30? No, it's 30, flirty, and thriving. Right, right. Wasn't that, yeah, was that 30, 30 going, going on 30. 30? Oh my god, that's oh, such a good movie. It is a good movie. That where, that's where Mark Ruffalo first had his like... Break up. Yeah, I feel like... Really? I don't know. I, at that time, I didn't really notice him. Okay, going back to my... Okay. Dun, 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 <laughs> the quarter life crisis. Okay, the thing with quarter life crisis is I feel like it can feel like an isolating thing. Because you see, a lot of people have their shit together, right? Mm-hmm. But then you ask yourself, do they really though? Because of course, you wouldn't like let people see the harder parts of your life, right? Like, it's just kind of like Instagram. Like, you're gonna show the best, the best parts, like really? the, the highlight reel of your life. So Is that why they call it highlights on the stories? Yeah, oh my I feel God. like, right? Instagram. Instagram knows what's up. <laughs> but yeah, the reason why both of us are discussing it today is because we want to show people that it's such a real thing and I feel like a lot of people go through it. And I think the more you talk about something like your social anxiety, the more people know about it, it becomes more of a normal topic. Like people won't feel scared to go through it. Or alone. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's what I like about podcasts. Me too. Sometimes I feel like it's just my thing. This is just my problem. I'm overreacting. Mm -hmm. But whenever I hear someone going through the same thing, I'm like, 
wow, I am not alone. True. You know? That, that's what I like about these things. And this actually takes me back to this quote by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Um, okay, this is non-verbatim. Okay. But the quote is something like, with literature, everyone's happiness, everyone's sadness, it's it becomes universal. Mm. Like, your pain is not only your pain. Your pain is also someone else's pain. And I think right now, in the current 21st century, um, modern technology, like, this is the R.F. Scott Fitzgerald literature that the podcast, the YouTube videos, the blogs, this is how we relate to one another. Mm-hmm. This is what connects humanity all together, yeah. making us feel like we are not alone. alone. Yeah. So, to anyone out there experiencing quarter-life crisis, you are not alone. We Jillian are here. is... <laughs> Jillian is going through it with you. And Steph, in we'll nine go months. Yeah. <laughs> in so, nine so in months. nine months, you're going to listen yeah. back to this podcast okay. and be like... Yeah. So what are we going to do for my birthday? Because like when I found out, not when I found out, but when I realized that it would be Jillian's birthday soon, I was like, ooh, it would be like a super nice topic. Mm. Hmm. Well, your birthday is near Chinese New Year. So oh. I feel like it'll be cool to have like a Chinese New Year ex Steph's birthday celebration yes and like it's a whole resolution thing as well oh yeah it can I, be. I feel like it's all about the resolutions it's all about like wanting to do more things in life and game yeah let's do it okay okay but back to the quarter <laughs> i feel like i feel like we're, we're going around but then that's the thing with quarter life crisis like it's, it links to so many things exactly mm. but if i think about it it's actually a third life crisis because like the human lives man like who lives up to about 100 these that's days true. like do people just leave live up so, to 75 so it's basically like already past my quarter life crisis already well, oh no, it's too late. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. I'll assume that this is my quarter life crisis. I will live up to a hundred. No, I think it's more of like the tw- the age twenties, the twenties age, the mid twenties, rather than the 20, where your yeah. lifespan is. You know, yeah. yeah. Okay, so actually, um, there's this quote that I feel like encompasses the entire mm. quarter life crisis thought. And it says, a quarter-life crisis is basically when you're caught between living life and worrying if you're ever gonna live the life you actually want. I think that sums it up pretty perfectly. Yeah, because in the field. Yeah, right? When I saw that, it's so funny because I googled quarter-life crisis because I want to see what other people think about the mm. quarter-life crisis, right? So I was googling it. And then that was the first quote that came up. And I was like, that is perfect like that is what i'm feeling at the moment and so uh, how i want to discuss it is let's take a blast from the past yeah let's take a back i mean yeah like let's take it back yeah where it all started yeah so you know as kids we would always (laughs) fantasize about the future you know when you're a kid it's so weird yeah you can't wait to grow up but then when you're a grown-up you just want to go back to to when you were a kid yeah right so as kids you always fantasize about the future you know what we would be like as adults and it's so funny being the weird kid that I was. What was your okay, Ikamuna? What was what? your fantasy? You already know this. No? You don't know? No, I mean I wanted to be a comic book artist. Ah, right. Ever writer. since writer. Yeah, ever since. Like, like that's what I wanted, like ever since I was a kid. Comic uh, book writer. Well, artist. Well both. Like I, I just wanted I, to be in the comic book industry. Yes. Like when I was a kid. Like that was my very, very, very first dream. Really? I, I thought it was yeah. something like I don't know. Kasi parang me, one of my dreams was to be a supermarket cashier. You know, like the typical kid oh. dream. Astronaut, cashier, no, I, I, fire truck driver. 
it actually went straight there. My God, that's the Aquarius kid in you. You're like, really? Because you know, you're kind of eccentric. I don't know. Oh, like, yeah, you, maybe, like you, yeah. you don't want to be like part of the crowd, like what everyone else is doing. Oh wait, I'm trying to think, but I really cannot remember any other occupation I wanted other other than cool. being a comic book writer slash artist. I mean, that, that says a lot. That that's really what your baby heart once yeah but at the same time like when i grew up i knew it wasn't realistic mm-hmm. true so that's why i didn't i mean not that there's a course on that but I you didn't, didn't really pursue it yeah i mean i could have taken something in publishing or something in theater or something in animation mm-hmm. but i went for architecture instead because i i don't know i thought it was a pretty safe bet and if you take the board exam you're considered a licensed professional Correct. Huh, i feel like it was also like um you know how people say that when there's something connected to your name, it's like automatically wow. Mm, yeah, like and engineer blank, yeah. attorney blank. And my very first dream was to be a comic book artist. But then I wanted to do the reality of it. I wanted to be like, ooh, I want something connected to my name. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like that was a very um, oh, how do you call it? Very obnoxious reasoning. But yeah, that's that's that that was one of the main proponents. And I feel like being a doctor would be too long. It's, yeah. How many years? And too costly. Years? Set, yeah. yeah. And an attorney, it's also pretty long. So I was like, hmm, there's engineer, architect, you know. So And architect's a bit creative. Yeah. So I went for architecture because I was like, hmm, art and also professionalism. So it was like I was trying to compromise between my childhood dreams mm. and my um, parents' reality. expectations. Yeah, yeah I mean... Well, for them, for them, they would have been happy with whatever I chose. But I still feel like they raised me enough for me to know better, you know. And I don't know. I was pretty disappointed, though. With being architecture. No, no, no. I mean, I guess it was more of like, I thought it was more Glamorous. art than science. Mm. But it, apparently it was more science than art. Maybe that's why it's called the Bachelor of Science stuff, you know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean... I guess, and here we are now. Having a quarter-life crisis. Having a quarter-life crisis. Because, like, at this point, I mean, this job I have right now, it's what I studied for. And to throw it all away just to follow something else that you yeah. really wanted when you were younger. Like, is, is that something I should be doing, you know? Yeah. Like, because I think at the quarter-life crisis, you're kind of like, you're not thinking about practicality anymore because you've been in the corporate world. You have your own money now. Correct. So now it's, I think it's a question of, what do you really want, mm-hmm. you know? But is that the right way of thinking things? Like, oh, should no. I follow, still follow my dreams, you know? Yeah. Or just continue on the path where Wait, I am? Before, before I continue, I want to hear your dreams. Like, what was your dream as a kid? Okay, this was weird, okay? I've always fantasized. I don't know. Okay, because I have a thing with interiors of homes. Oh, so you want to be an interior designer? Not yeah. really, no. It's okay. weird. It's more weirder than that. Eccentric than that. Okay. okay. Because, you know, when you would drive inside um, villages, you would see a lot of different houses. And I've always wanted to see the inside of houses. So I wanted to have a job where I would just look at the insides of houses. And people would pay me to do that. That's it. Real tour? No, I just just want to go inside people's houses and look at it. Like, I'll be like, you have a nice house. Okay, goodbye. Then I'll move on to the next house. And I'll be like, you the house before yours was better, but you also have a nice house. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Like, I've always wanted to see people's houses, like the insides. I don't know why. Oh, 
Oh. Right? I was yeah. such a weird Maybe kid. you should have taken architecture. <laughs> Maybe. No, but I don't want to make someone's house. I just want to look at it. Okay. I just want to appreciate it. Like, oh, you have good taste. Is this Scandinavian design? I like it. But yeah, like you were saying... You know, as the years went by, I realized that my real passion in life was the same as yours. Like, I was really into art. Like, I think that's one of the things that's, we bonded that's over. That's where we met. That's where we first met, right? actually. It's that not, we both forgot. Yeah, that we forgot about. But thank Jean. you, Jean. Thanks to Jean. She reminded us that Shout that was where the Jean. beginnings. Yeah, she always remembers this, this <laughs> stuff. Yeah, so me and Julian actually first met when we were grade 5. I think it was grade 5. Okay. And there was an art class. There was a Saturday art class. I remember this. This was the class where I learned... Who was the... I don't know. Oh my god, I remember it. I I remember it. We we drew body figures and we did oil pastel, right? Yes. And then color theory. Yeah, color theory. This is where I learned that... It was in the science lab. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. And I remember... And I remember thinking that because like in the color theory, right? um, Mm. Yellow is opposite violet. And then the teacher was like, if you want it dark... Mm -mm yellow you have to put a bit of violet but i put a lot and i was like this is so stupid (laughs) no because like since i put a lot of violet it still looks violet Mm. and not just a darker version of yellow and i was like i could have gone with brown for the dark yellow but thanks teacher like this did not turn out the way i thought it would baby steph was such a savage kid but when Jean told me I actually did remember that we would chica a lot at the CR because like the science lab was very near the CR I don't remember the that the CR that we showed yeah. the elementary yeah, yeah, kids yeah. Oh, that yeah, was our beginnings yeah. and now oh, here oh we God. are wait wait that what? was where we big. that was the beginning of our friendship oh. at art and oh, now, and it was both our first passion. Yeah, and now we are we have this new passion, which is podcast. Everything's coming full circle. Full circle. So I hope you guys see how twinning we are. Yeah, we twinnily forgot our origin story. But then it's so funny because like even our passions in life are very aligned, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, I was like really into art, but like you, I didn't know which specific field to go into because. Not to, you know, not to shade, like, the art in the, Not, okay, sorry. It's not shading the art industry. Yeah, it's not, not shading. Not to... But the reality of it. Yeah, the reality of the art industry is that people still don't understand the value of art. Like, a lot of artists are still being underpaid, right? But personally, I think um, this generation, it's... Starting getting, to... Yeah, yeah becoming better. To. Becoming better. And there are actually courses now that you can take on animation and stuff like that. And... I mean, even during our time, wow, our time, we're that old. Even during our time, there were courses like that. But, you know, we couldn't, I mean, it was such a new thing back Mm -hmm. then that even my parents were kind of like, what? What is that? Right. That's not going to bring food to the table. But art is really thriving right now. But at the time where we were were making big life decisions, like what we're getting for college, you know, I had to weigh in if I really want to do what I'm passionate about or, you know, I have to make quote-unquote the smart move by going to something more part of the norm which is like a corporate job because you know girl has to keep up with her lavish lifestyle joke yeah i don't know that's true though like how do i sustain the food that i want to eat and the clothes that i want to buy so you know truth be told as you get older you really think about financials and stability so no, but even then, like when we were younger, we were already thinking about that. That's why we Stop, chose yeah. sensible occupations. Correct. You know? and, and yeah, 
know, but that's true. I mean, we both love art, but then at the same time, we also see the economy was not in a position to be able to sustain people who are working in art, right? So we had to go somewhere where it's more financially stable. And so on my part, I went corporate. And on your part, you went, is architecture considered a corporate? I yeah, I went corporate as well. Because mm. you can freelance, but That's I, true. I don't want to freelance. Yeah. yeah. We reached this point where we start wondering, are we really happy where we are currently? You know, does it really fulfill my needs and my wants? And at the same time, of course, is it making me rich? AF because I spent a lot. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you know you invest a lot on yourself in college. So of course you have to like return your own investments, right? Yeah. But th- there's a lot of thoughts going into it, which you know, crisis. Why that's sprouting up? And don't get me started on my love life, girl. <laughs> well, both of us anyway. Yeah, like, like I think I we're remember. both we're both yeah. the type of crazy wherein we plan out. What age you wanna get? Type A's. Yeah, yeah, we are. Okay, because the reality <laughs> of it, like, I really wanna get married at thirty, and really, like, even back then. Even back then. Oh, because back then I wanted to get married at twenty-five. But wait, it was because my parents, my mom, actually got married at twenty-five. Okay. But then I was like, wait, I wanna be like super close with my kid. I wanna be a cool mom. Yeah. So I'll get married even younger. I'll get married at twenty-one. And I didn't oh. think it was a weird thing at that time but then i was like oh wait what was steph thinking <laughs> at 21 like we're still kids and yeah like so fresh we can, out of college like i don't even have a job right yet. so we can bring up kids at that age well my parents got married at 29 so i guess that's ah, why that's why i was thinking like 30 but then when i work back my computation like you know engagement boyfriend girlfriend <laughs> I had to have the boyfriend by 24 and I'm now freaking 25 and we both know how single AF we both are guys so, you've got 10 days to slide in her DM <laughs> 10 days T-minus 10 days and I feel, but I feel like the people listening to this podcast are majority female so like uh, girls <laughs> help a fellow girl out Okay, so with all of this happening, you know, the crisis really comes. So basically, this quarter-life crisis of mine, knowing all of, you know, the thoughts that we had about love, about career, relationships, the crisis really comes from this disparity of what you thought your life would have been and what it is really now. And you thinking, am I getting really what I can in my life? Because, you know, time is such a valuable resource. Like, as you've mentioned, like, a lot of people don't live up to 100. So... Am I really making the most of what I have right now, especially at this age when we still can? Remember when I mentioned that I used to make a lot of lists? Actually, those lists, um, some were like very out there. Like one of the items on my list was um, have a monument in my honor. Wow! But like I was like a kid then. I don't know. Like <laughs> I was really, really, really big. Really big. But then when I compared them. Mm it kind of grew more realistic like maybe have a book published about me okay and, tone know, it down tone it down a yeah, bit tone it, no but i think it was more of like i finally got to the reality of when you watch tv it's always like it's okay as long as you work hard you can achieve your dreams but now like everyone has dreams you know That's true. like it's a very it's a very saturated world right now like everyone can be someone and Correct. that's also beautiful but also like um when everyone's voice is trying to be heard it's harder to be recognized true. as a unique voice and 
at that time, I just thought like, you know, I could just scream to the void and people would hear me. But now, it's like everyone's screaming and that's great. But also like, probably not gonna have a monument in my honor anytime yeah. soon. Sorry, I wanna stem off of that. Like, I read yeah. this book called uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And he was talking about how one of the main reasons why a lot of people are very anxious about their future right now is because we either want to be... People want to be in two polar opposites in life. Either want to be like the most successful person or you want to be the most unsuccessful person. Because both parts, you get people... Not to recognize you, but you get people to, I guess, care for you. Because if you're successful, people will be like, oh, she's such a great person. Like, she was able to reach this level of success. Mm-hmm. And if you're like super unsuccessful, then people will pity you. But then both at both ends, people will still like care care for you or um in a way give you some sort of recognition right but then the average the mediocre nobody wants to be that the person in the middle right you either want to be one or the other nobody gives the ordinary person like a pat on the back like good job for being ordinary like that's (gasps) right no yeah like you don't tell a person like good job for being mediocre (laughs) Nobody does that. You're either like, amazing, you did so much, or parang, poor you, like, the world is such a hard place and you're not able to, like, succeed or stuff like that. This is getting depressing. Oh, sorry, no, sorry. No, okay, no, we'll kidding. move on from but, that. No, I'm kidding. But actually, I feel like I have to tell the story. Okay. Um, last night, I went to Art Buffet by Fully Booked. So basically, it's um, a lot of free art seminars by Fully Booked. And you just have to register. But, you know, slots are very, very limited. I went to this comic illustration. I don't know. It was a really nice experience. But I was actually kind of surprised. Because when I got there, it was almost full of kids. Like When you say kids, like teenagers? No, younger. Oh my... Oh. I mean, I was just surprised. But, like, um, kudos to them. And, like, kudos to the parents for exposing their kids Mm -mm. to such such nice workshops Mm -mm. early on. And... The first seminar was about comic illustration, and I made this drawing of a robot with a bird cage as its body. Okay. And there's a bird flying away, and the instructor saw it, and he was like, "Oh, what's this trying to say? This is actually really good." But I feel like he was just saying that because like he's trying to encourage everyone in the world of art. But like I felt like he really did mean it. But basically, what I was trying to say with that drawing, which I will soon post on my Instagram. Is that, you know, the robot's trying to say, na, but I need you. You complete me. And the, the bird. bird's like, I don't need you. I need to be free. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, he found that really funny. And he really encouraged me to be like, you should really try to pursue art. You, re- you clearly have a talent for it. So what are you doing? I mean, what do you want to do? And I don't know, it really made me think. Yeah. And then the next seminar, there was this kid across from me. And I was, you know, we were drawing like caricatures of ourselves. And the kid was like, oh my god, you're so good. And you know when a kid says it, like, it's super honest. honest. Like, you know, it's honest. Yeah. And even my seatmates were like, wow, you're so good. And I was just eating it up. No, I was trying to say, no, no, it's not. I mean, I honestly, like, I don't feel like I'm that good. I feel like there are a lot of people better than me. And so when I was in that seminar and everyone was telling me that I was great, I was like, what? And actually, there was even this girl who was asking if I was, if I was an artist who made stickers and stuff like that because she would like to buy. Wow. And I was like, so my art looks like that level? And I don't know, that just really encouraged me a lot. And when I got home, I actually couldn't sleep. I don't know, I feel like 
lots of thoughts were at my head. I slept at 3 a.m. Oh, my God. I know. So bad, I know. Night owl. Such a night owl. And I don't know. I kept on wondering... Because you know, you know my favorite um, artist, right? Um, Lauren Tai, and she's a model. She's also an illustrator. She's like basically my goals. She's illustrated for Marvel covers, and she's younger than me, so that's that's kind of frustrating. Kind of frustrating because like she's, I think she's she's just turned twenty one or twenty, but that she's three three years younger than me, and she's already done so much with life. But actually, in one of her books, she was like. There's so much she has a book? Yeah, she has a book. I know. And in her book, she said... But it's more of like... Oh, kind of like her diary. Okay. Illustrations with some phrases. It's, it's really, really nice. And then she says something like... Somewhere out there, someone younger than me is already doing Accomplishing something that I more. Know. And I'm like, if someone like that feels like, feels like that, you know... It's, what more than... What more you? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so... I don't know. Like, I feel like... Everyone's like this. You mm-hmm. always kind of imagine a future wherein you're... Did you ever do that? Yeah, of course. No, when you're so stressed with your I current life. I think it's life. the end in us. Yeah. I like that we're, going, we're hearkening back to the <laughs> The other episodes, yeah. yeah. When I'm super stressed in life, I always imagine this future wherein I'm talking to a talk show host, maybe Ellen, maybe Karen Davila, and I'll be like, yeah, in my life, I had, I had these hardships and stuff like but that. But I was able to power through them. And yeah. now here I am in your talk show, yeah. getting scared by you, Ellen, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And Ellen will surprise me with BTS. Oh no. <laughs> but I was just thinking about that. But then... I was like, Steph, the reality is you probably won't get invited to Ellen or even in local TV shows. Like, you have to accept that there will be a reality that you won't make it, you mm-hmm. know? So, that that was my thought that day and that night, yesterday night, actually this morning, it was 3 a.m., that it's okay if I make it, it's okay if I don't, but I guess what matters in the end is if we make it in our own little world. So it's like this podcast. We're not expecting it to blow up, but I'm happy nevertheless to give time for it because True. I really feel like we're doing spe- something special here. Aww, and me also, too. And also I spend so much time with you. Like It's a plus plus, like no matter where. That's us has- high-fiving. <laughs> yeah. One more. Uh. Okay. Wait, I want to talk about mine then because... Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, we've both mentioned, like the quarter-life crisis basically stems from what you thought you would be at this age and what their current reality was. Yeah. And I think I didn't expound that much on me liking art. Yeah. You know? So when I was younger, and feel free to like button about your experience as well, but when I was younger, my parents, I was a type of kid who would like draw different things. Like before we had a bigger household, like I think there was like 15 of us in a house and every single week I would make them cards. Like just random cards. That's so cute. Yeah, like I would be like, because I call my auntie Isam, so I would be like, to Isam from Gian. That's what they call me. <laughs> and it would just be a random drawing of a sunflower maybe. Or I don't know, like I would just do different doodles for each person and my mom actually kept a lot of them. And I think that's where kind of like my mom saw my potential in art. And so she started like the like the kids you saw in yeah. fully booked. That's how oh. my mom started me out. So like she would enroll me in a lot of different classes. There was this class called I forget the name. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but there was an art class where I would go there every single summer. And my mom and dad would find me different classes to go into during summer just to hone my skill. And, like, I really found a passion in art. Like, I would paint. I would draw. And I think you can attest to this. Like, both of us love it. Yeah. Um, and so, 
I honestly really thought that one day, like, I would become a painter. Like, I would have my own gallery wall. <gasps> Same! Right? Like, I would have my own, um, what do you call this? Artist art show? Stu- no, no, no. Oh. Studio. Like, an art studio. Like, I would be, like, the Valerie Chua, Chua. of my family. I love her. Yeah, me too. But then, you know, reality kicks in. I was like, do I really want to go into art? Like, is that the right path for me and so i guess in a manner i'm the one who brought on my own crisis because even though i had to face the reality of things it was still my decision to whether or not you know fulfill my childhood dream but i think it's it's the end in us it's the end to it wow (laughs) going to our mbti Mm -hmm. i feel like it's the end in us to go for the more rational path Mm -hmm. you know and i don't think there's anything wrong with that Mm -hmm. because if anything it it, sh- it sort of highlights it more. Like, you know, would you know that you want art so much mm. if you didn't try something else? Correct. And you know what? My only regret now is that in the, I don't know, five, seven years, I didn't continue sketching. I didn't continue doing. Me too. Me too. I, I wish I did. I would have been probably been better Mm-mm. by a lot by now. Twenty, let's make a pack. Oh, what With is it? With our audience. Okay. As our... Um, witness, mm-hmm. let's create art. Okay, let's. Like, let's, let's go to Kubao X. Let's go to Kubao X. Let's, let's get inspired. Be, yes, honestly, it's super inspiring, like, especially when you see all the zines. And let's spend some Saturdays podcasting and other Saturdays drawing. Painting. Okay, away. yeah. I'm good with that. And then let's have a 20 art show. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like maybe somebody out there would, you know. Hook us up. We're actually kind of good. High five. High five. Let's post this on the 20 account. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like yeah, that. You know, because like, life's too short to not do what you want to do. True. True. We owe this to younger Jill and Aww. younger Steph. Like, I don't know. Like, at this point, mm-hmm. especially when you read me that quote, I was like, wow, would younger me be... Proud of who I am right now. Yeah. yeah. Because like, it's not what she wanted, definitely. True. But yeah. So, I think with all of that, you know, the resounding answer to my quarter-life crisis is I have no idea what I am doing right now. Like, I, to be honest, and I and I think a lot of people don't like saying this because it sounds really defeatist, but I feel lost. I don't know the path that I'm supposed to take. Am I going? Am I supposed to continue this corporate life, you know, go into the family business? Yeah, and I feel like this is the age where people say that we should have it together by now. Yeah. But honestly, I feel like I'm, I'm just starting. Yeah. I, I don't feel like I have it together, you know? <sighs> so, so it's so right because like we were adults and we should have our shit together but I- i'm here to tell you guys that i don't i'm already 25 we don't we don't sorry and i think it's the j in me wherein i know this is my current reality i feel lost i feel confused i wake up every day baffled with my life and like questioning my very existence but to make up for it like what i do is i try to analyze like where is this crisis coming from like why do i feel pressured to have my shit together and so these are the things that i've come up with i don't know if you Hmm. agree with them let me know your thoughts okay okay so i think one of the reasons why a lot of people have a quarter life crisis is because of comparison like i feel like we're at a time where comparison is at its peak and where comparing yourself to others isn't abstract anymore and i say abstract because yeah i feel like in our parents time you know since they didn't have social media like the only way they can compare themselves to someone if it's someone tells them 
what's happening with their life and they're yeah. like damn why do they have that life and i don't have that life like like what, what i said with Lawrence high yeah right like yeah. the only way for you to know what someone else is doing is for them to tell you it's kind of like an out of sight out of mind thing yeah. so if you do not know or you don't see it then it's not in your mind like there's no opportunity for you to compare mm-hmm. but now that you fucking can't hide from it because social media <laughs> yeah. is everywhere like you see what everyone is doing then you start comparing yourself. I feel like social media is this double-edged sword mm. because like, well, it does foster more negative emotions when you start to compare na, oh my God, this girl's barely 21 and yeah. she's already like... She's happy. been in Tara's house. She's fucking doodled for Marvel. She's walked for Marc Jacobs. She has. Yes, and collaborated. So they have like a limited edition of Marc Jacobs and her designs. Like, that's my goal, you know? She's literally, and now she's actually at, um, guest starring at, not the guest starring. Um, she's a lead, but she just came in at the fourth season of Legion. It's a Marvel series. No, I know that. Oh my Wait, God. the TV series? TV series, yeah. As a what? What is she? Um, an actress? An actress. Well, now she's an actress. It's her first Girl. acting role. So basically, she's you know she's she's kind of encompassed what like the perfect art profession is. Like she yeah. has, she's doing drawing, she's doing entertainment. Yeah, she's fucking gorgeous. That's the life I want. You know. So see, here's the comparison coming along. So now you get depressed yeah. because you're like, so this is my shit life, <laughs> and that's <laughs> and that's her perfect life. So what am I? But like, as I've said, it's a double-edged sword. So that's the negative side of Mm -hmm. it. But you know what? For me, the positive side of it is that, um, call me delusional, but seeing her being so successful, I'm like, I could be like that. Mm -hmm. Probably like a very, very bootleg version. But but, you know, I mean, just just seeing her achieve all that. Gives you a sense of possibility. That maybe I could, mm -hmm. you know, in my own way, maybe I could be known in this in the industry, you know, if I just draw as much and maybe appear at a reality TV, but I don't really want to go to PBB. <laughs> no, I don't, yeah. Yeah, but honestly, have you tried watching Terrace House? No, but people Terrace, say it's really amazing though. It's a really different kind of reality TV yeah. because no shade, but to most reality TVs that there's I've a lot seen of drama. with American reality TV and our very own, yeah, there's a lot of drama and they capitalize on that. With them, there is drama, but I feel like it's a very Japanese thing. Like, they're just always very polite. True. Yeah. That their drama is like, wow, that, that, that's drama. Like, <laughs> like, it, like, it's dramatic. Like, like, that's a mild argument on our part, right? Yeah. But it's, it's really nice. Like, really, okay. you should watch it. Okay, sige. Yeah. That's on Netflix. Oh, okay. I have Netflix now. Okay, sige. Aloha State. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, that's what it is for me. Like, mm. yeah, it serves as a comparison, but also... It serves as inspiration, you know? That's true. I agree with that. But I think sometimes I feel like the cons outweigh the pros. Do you have, like, an Insta crush? Like, because, like, I always talk about Lauren. And I just want to know, do you have someone in social media that you regularly stalk and maybe Mm. want her life sometimes? (laughs) Wait, I will think. Wait, let me think about it. Do I? Not really. I try not to. Because I'm the very obsessive type. So mm. if I see someone who has like a great life on Instagram, my brain tends to warp it and make it go against me. So I'll be like, you know, girl, why, you know, you see her, you know, doing her thing and being amazing. Why aren't you like that? Like I'll start attacking my own self. So 
Because of that, I try not to. Like, the only Instagram accounts that I follow that are not of my friends are usually architectural. Sorry, I'm so obsessed with interiors. So, if you don't really have an Insta crush, like, is your point of comparison more on your friends? I guess yes. Or because I really like, I like to watch a lot of YouTube. So, I think maybe it's from there. Because, you know, when you say social media, it's kind of encompassing, Oh, okay, right? yeah. Okay. So, uh, so, I want to go back to, like, the con that I'm talking about. Because I feel like social media has aggravated the problem of you know comparing yourself of comparison by displaying perfectly curated lives of others in a world where the meaning of success is not definite or maybe absent and you turn to social comparisons as your measure of success and this doesn't have to be in instagram like for me i feel like it's more of in youtube because especially with the influx of a lot of daily vloggers like you get to see how their daily lives are and it, it feels so easy for them and i know a lot of vloggers are coming out and saying that the reason why you feel like our lives are so perfect is because we make you see it that way yeah. right but that's the problem because as a person what really is success to you like i think success is very subjective to each person so if i benchmark my success to what i see the vloggers are showing me and that's my kind of jump point in terms of comparing my life to someone else's. And even though they're not trying to make it seem that way, you know, that's how I picture success now. And that's how I start comparing myself to someone else, even though that could not be the reality. But I think that's the problem sometimes with social media is you can't see the reality of things anymore and it becomes more difficult for you to enjoy your own life. So now you start putting yourself against someone else's life, someone else's career, relationship. And when you're not achieving your potential at the same level that they are, like what you're saying with Lauren Tsai, how do you say their name? Lauren Tsai. Then you start getting anxious and feeling like you're falling behind. Sorry, just to put an example, um, in my previous work, okay, um, I started off working at 21 and I had a superior at the time. And my superior was already at a managerial level. But her age was at 25, which is my age now. So... <gasps> When I left the company, I was always in my head. I always thought that at twenty five, I have to be a manager, but I'm not currently. So there's that 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 sense of comparison. Like, why isn't my career progressing in the same way that theirs were? Mm. Like at my age right now, why why am I not as successful as they are? You know, and I feel like there's something wrong right now with like job titles and corporate settings because. I, for one, and I know this is wrong, but I tie my self-worth to the label or position I currently am in a corporate hierarchy, which is toxic, which could be toxic, right? Because you shouldn't do that. But that's that's what what's happening to me currently. So my self-esteem is tied with what I label myself as corporately, and that's how I measure my level of success. And, you know, even though you say that each person, you know, has to go on their own pace, like, you know, you can't compare yourself with someone else because maybe you're capability when it comes to learning or you know doing something within an industry isn't as fast as someone else it still hits me because i feel like my intelligence and capabilities are threatened like if i can't succeed as well as someone else did at my age i feel like there's something wrong with me like why can't i be that way at the age where i am right now Mm, well i guess for me it's a bit different because Mm. we don't really have labels you know okay like i'm a designer right mm-hmm. now that's my designated position but like all of us designers like we have really varying ages like it doesn't really matter you know i guess i don't know for me it doesn't but maybe it's because like i'm one of the younger mm-hmm. ones at the office so i don't really feel it yet mm-hmm. but 
for me, I guess this quarter life crisis, it's been more about my passion rather than my career because even then, I always knew that I would have my career which would earn my money mm-hmm. and my living and I would have my passion which would not earn me anything. But would make you happy. But would make me happy. I don't know, for me, my quarter life crisis is more of I'm unhappy at where my passion is. But okay. at the same time, like, um, how can I expect it to go anywhere far when I only have the weekends to do it, you True. know? And at the same time, I, I don't really have a concrete thing of where I want it to go, you know? Because like, art is such a wide yes, range. Yes, exactly. Like, well, this is one of the more concrete things. Mm-hmm. Start a podcast with yeah. my friend. And I guess I could say that I want to be a painter, but mm-hmm. then, you know, like, what are the action steps to that? Like, I just know I want to create something. Yes. I, I think, I don't know. Like, like you just want to fulfill your creative needs, whatever yeah. output it may be. Yeah, and I feel like I'm the type to just put my lot mm. in different, lot different things, you yeah. know, and more chances of winning, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know. I feel like I haven't gotten anything. And, you know, th- that's that's my quarter-life crisis. Okay. It's more of the passion side. Because, like, career-wise, I am happy where, with where I am. Mm. If I don't think about it. Mm-mm. If I don't go on Facebook. Okay. No, because, like, honestly, on Facebook, like, I have friends who have already built houses. Whoa. Yeah, and if I don't see that, I don't actually feel bad because mm. I'm happy. Oh, by the way, I'm currently doing corporate interiors. I'm actually happy doing corporate interiors. Mm. I I like having um a very short-term job wherein, you know, the mm. turnover is very quick. I don't like long-term commitments. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> but I'm, I'm actually happy with mm. corporate interiors. But seeing my friends make houses gets me thinking that you're an architect, Steph. Why aren't, why aren't you making houses as well? Mm-mm. But you know, if I didn't see it, I would be just happy in my own Correct. bubble. Yeah, like you see what I'm talking about where social media can be like such a crippling enemy to your existence. Yes. What are you doing with your I, hands? I was like doing the little I think, world. okay, so you, so you said that your quarter-life crisis is more about your passions, right? Yeah. Which you separate from your career. I think my problem is... I want my passion to be my career. So that is where I'm getting confused because right now, even though I love what I'm doing because I feel like I'm learning so much from it, I know it's not something that's fueling me or it's not fueling my creative side. So that's why I'm getting like really confused about it if I should continue uh, it. I feel like for my, from my end, mm. architecture is still a very creative I mean, it still pushes you to create. Yeah, 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 it's science-based, but it still pushes you to think creatively. And I think that's why happy with having a creative, stable job. Mm -mm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting to see another point of view. Okay, so I think I wanted to explain what I was talking about beforehand. More cohesive about the subtle art of not giving a fuck. There's this one chapter in the book where the guy was talking about mass media-driven exceptionalism. So what he was trying to say was the flood of extreme information has conditioned us to believe that exceptionalism is the new normal. Being average has become the new standard of failure. And if you're not going to be special or extraordinary, then what's the point you know but then the thing about it is if everyone were to be extraordinary then by definition no one would be extraordinary and everybody would just be average but then there's always the thought that if you're someone who's average if you're not someone who's you know making the most out of your time and of your resources then you know what's the point of you even being in this world and i think it harkens back to what you were saying where 
everybody's shouting right now. Like before, mm. you could shout into a void. But now if you try shouting, everybody's shouting along with you. And in the end, nobody gets heard. So after that whole debacle about our passions and about our careers, careers I'm going to talk about my next point is why, again, I find myself in the middle of a crisis is because of accessibility. I read somewhere that our generation is highly educated because of the influx of availability of information that we receive, right? You know, a lot of people are thanking Google in their graduation speeches, like, <laughs> we're that generation. And with this, you know, the barriers to getting into a lot of different industries or companies has been lowered because it becomes so much easier for you to learn how to adapt to a certain industry. You know, like we have online courses, online there's certification. There's for everything. There is. There's YouTube. There's freaking Skillshare, which, you know, I love Skillshare. Slide in our DMs. Like, I love, we love Skillshare. We do love Skillshare. Like, it's a pretty amazing website but like mm-hmm. you see my point like everybody now knows how to code everybody now can make their own app if they want to they can find a way to do so right so we now start believing that anything is possible and the notion of limitless possibilities it is what confuses us more you know just like how you talked about dating before like the dating apps oh yeah right like people don't like settling because there's this thought that okay i'm dating someone right now but what if i find someone better because the world is so much more connected right that's kind of not nice you know double-edged sword everything's a double-edged sword so like now you think okay i'm doing this right now but maybe like going into a different industry would be better for me you know something can easily be in your grasp when you put your mind to it and that's actually how i feel by the way guys um 20 has an instagram it's at it's 20 and if you scroll to the first part i actually made the publishing materials and ma 20 has told me i have a knack for it mm-hmm. i don't know if she, she's just you know being no, you nice do, you do i mean from there i've actually gotten comments from people that i actually do have a knack for like mm-hmm. social media and ads things so sometimes i wonder like what would my life be if i if went, you pursued advertising yeah and that would be more in line with the social media career i'm trying mm-hmm. to do but i feel like that would you know be more in tune with all my other passion projects but at the same time you know the saying that the grass is always greener on the other True. side like i feel like even if i hop on to another type of job i still will find I something still else be, yeah, something that you feel else. would be better for you and it will be an endless hop towards one industry to another and i'll never really fully know an industry if that makes sense yeah so that that's the thing you know wait Regarding the thing I said about dating, which I think that was an episode two, one, one, two. one, two dating apps. Two. Yeah, dating apps. It was from I finally remember the article. It was uh, "Modern Love" by Aziz Ansari, and in the article he says there are satisficers and maximizers. So maximizers are the type of people who always want to maximize their options. Mm-hmm. I feel like, like, what if? That's what? the I think that's the millennial generation yeah. right now. And the satisficers are just really satisfied with what they have. And I feel like I'm more of a satisficer though. Really? I don't know. I feel that way because like, I don't know. When we go to restaurants, like whatever's my usual order, that's it. I don't really want to try anything mm. else. And Interesting. I, yeah. I feel like I'm a maximizer. Yeah, though. I feel that too. But... Again, this harkens back to the thought that am I a maximizer because that's just how I am or is it because of the influx of social media? Like, Would we have maximizers have we not had social media? Yeah, right? Yeah. Because our parents, like, it's a totally different... 
I guess, environment that they grew up in. Like, like how you said your grandmother and grandfather when they got married. It's just because that's all they knew. Like, the people around them. And I feel like um, passion is a much more important commodity in our generation. Mm. Because, like, back then, like, the thing is, you, you just had to make a living, you know? Like, our parents were really focused on making a living that they didn't really have time to do anything else. I mean, they didn't... Not even time, but... They didn't think what else is there. Correct. But because we we reaped this this is episode four all over again. <laughs> we reaped what they sowed since we live a comfortable life. We actually have time Correct. to think Correct. about our passions. It's like a Maslow hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. We were already I don't know, somewhere up, up there, you yeah. know? So like yeah. like the base needs have already been settled. So yeah. what else do us as a generation strive for. Yeah. But then the, the thing about it is now you feel pressured and overwhelmed because of the tantamount level of opportunity, right? Like, there's so much stuff going around you and you, like, you put, you want to put your eggs in a lot of baskets. Oh, yeah. But I then do. you think to yourself, can I even, like, I want to do all of this, but can I even do that? Do I have the opportunity and the resources? Like, other people are able to do it. So why not me? Like, the norm right now is about the girl boss like the hustler yeah. like you know there you see a lot of people who own big corporations who are still able to take care of their families they still have time to do side projects and fulfill their hobbies and now you think to yourself you know if i just double in one aspect or like if i'm a satisfier and i'm just complacent in what i'm doing right now am i a failure because people celebrate girl bosses. They celebrate people who are maximizers, who are able to do or like squeeze as much out of their resources as they can. So I think that's why I keep thinking that, am I not doing enough? Do I need to do more? And it's a side thing also why I wanted to do this podcast. And actually, I wanted to start a side business as well because I feel yeah. like my 9 to 5 business is too complacent of me. Yeah. And is that wrong? I don't think it's wrong, hmm. but... I remember having this conversation with our senior designer. And I don't know, she was just, you know, asking about what are my plans for the future, you know, usual talk. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling her, I don't know, I'm just really happy to be an employee. Like, Mm -hmm. I just want to climb up the corporate ladder like anyone else does. And then she was kind of surprised because she sees the younger generation wanting to be their own bosses and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't know. I like the stability. I like being taken care of, like By my taxes and yeah. all. Like I like having stability. Of course, I'll never stop having my passion projects, but I never want to be my own boss because really, yeah. I wait. I mean, well, we are kind of our own bosses here, but to be in charge of a co- corporation, maybe it, I don't know. Like it, it's not one of my goals. Okay. I'm just really happy. I guess that's a satisfaction in me. I'm just really happy to be an employee because um, personally, like, well, my we have a family business. Like, I see my dad, I see my uncle, and, you know, the problems, you take it home with you. And I don't know, with with work, it's just Monday Leave to Friday. There, yeah. And weekends are for passion days. Like, with ours. Fa- yes. But with family businesses, with your own business, it's, a never-ending grind 24-7. And for me, if my passion became my job, then maybe I wouldn't like it anymore mm. because I'm forced to do it. You yeah. know? Because if it's your job, you're kind of, you kind of have to churn a lot of output in a limited amount of time mm-hmm. you know, to get some moolah. 
rather than just do it on your own yeah. time. Interesting. Because I don't see it. I, I know people have the same opinions as you, but weirdly, I I feel, but I, but I haven't done the reality of it. So I'm not sure if, mm-hmm. you know, this is what I will feel if, I, if I've actually done it. But I feel like if I'm someone who use my passions as my career, then I don't know, maybe I would enjoy life a lot more. Not that I, not that I'm saying that I'm not enjoying life right now, but maybe, again, here's, the here grass comes the crisis. The greener yeah. on the other side. Well, for me, I think my job, I mean, you know, I shaded architecture a while ago mm-hmm. that, oh my God, this is more science than art. But I still like it, actually. So I guess, I don't know. In a sense, it's still one of my passions. Mm-hmm. I realize it now. I just have a lot more others. And these are the passions that I do not want to get tainted by mm. office drama, Gets. office politics, stress. Yeah. These are the things I want to do at my own time. Like yeah. vlogging, podcasting, and soon art, painting. 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 Okay. Wait, so, I really want to commit. Like, let's yeah, go. do. Oh my God, that's what we're going to do. Like, before I turn 25, we have to have like at least an art show or I don't know enough pieces to make an art show and we'll just do it in your living room or oh something and, and we'll invite people and be like yes this is our art show oh <laughs> that's so pretentious of us but I'm game or even at my warehouse if we have a oh, lot yeah, yeah. and then we'll have like some wine and cheese Aww. and we're gonna force our friends to come and support us <laughs> okay so before I turn 25 and we have our audience as our witness wait what do you call that um, we used this before accountability. accountability accountability no and 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 I think you know you were talking about how you wanted to to do a lot of different things outside your current passion which is in architecture yeah and I feel the same way but that also ties into my crisis I don't know I feel like I'm a, maybe I just like to overthink things but I feel like we're both in the prime of our lives like as 24 and 25 girls um like we still have a lot of energy to do the shit that we want to do and we aren't bogged down by responsibilities like paying for our bills because and i feel like a lot of western listeners would be like they still live with their parents and we do and it's normal it's normal normal in asian in asian countries but yeah we aren't pressured with the responsibility of taking care of the bills yeah and now that we have the capacity meaning we have the financial resources to you know to explore other things there are a lot of things that we still both want to do with our lives but then on the opposite spectrum you know with our age i also feel like time is ticking because we're nearing 30s mm-hmm. and i feel like 30s is the age where you kind of settle start settling down and thinking about life outside of yourself because that's the age when people start getting married you know you have a partner in life you start having kids when you're settling down into that kind of life you won't have the time or the opportunity to discover and seek out what what you truly want to do in life I just feel like if life had a go and stop signal, like 25 seems to be like the yellow one, the Wait. slow oh, down. Yeah. You're almost done with your individualism. That's true. Which is something I hold to my very core as an Aquarius. I mean, I don't have a boyfriend yet. <laughs> I haven't met my future husband yet. But from the way I see um, married couples nowadays... When you get married, you you're have, a unit. Yeah, you're a unit. When you get kids, there's a different responsibility. And I actually do want to have kids. Hmm. But, you know, you don't get to be selfish anymore. You don't get True. to be you, you anymore. Mm-hmm. And I've told this to my friends that 
my ideal guy is someone who also has his own individual thing. And we just like hanging out with each other. And supporting each other. Yeah. But we have our own thing. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's an unpopular opinion. I feel like most people want someone to share their whole lives with. Mm-hmm. I just want someone by my side and while you're doing your own thing or your own life but also i feel like that's not very practical in the long run and that's why i feel like i have to accomplish this all before i start a family although i'm not sure if that's anywhere in the future i mean hello mr right where are you (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) so maybe it is a blessing in disguise that we're like so fucking single (laughs) So we so we can still like pursue our passion. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Oh. But yeah, actually, like I've told you this a while ago. Like I was making chica to Jillian before we started this podcast, and some of my friends tell me I have such high standards. But you know what? I would rather have high standards. I would rather be single than waste time on someone who's not mature yet. Someone you have to help out. Mm-hmm. Someone who cannot. Um, function as an individual on his own someone you have to take care of Mm-mm. you know I'd rather be single than waste time on the wrong guy you know because at, at this point like I'm doing a lot in my life and time is a very very precious commodity True. as we have mentioned I think <laughs> I want to add on to what you're saying you know people people have this notion that in a relationship it's two halves coming in to form a whole but I feel like the correct understanding of it is two holes complementing each other yeah so maybe like the reason why we're both single is because we're still going through the process of making ourselves ourselves whole yes double half five so let's make it into a positive thing (laughs) we're going through a crisis because (laughs) (laughs) we're doing like jazz hands to each other jazz hands so how are you coping with it the quarter life crisis yes ayun i'm i feel like i'm going somewhere better not yet the best but an improvement from last year's shithole and i think i think in essence the root of why my crisis is flaring up is i don't want to regret the life that i've lived the past few years yeah like even though i'm currently having a hard not really having a hard time like i'm going through this you know at the end of it I feel like I have to treat myself with compassion. Like, I have to also give myself a pat on the back. And you know what? As you said, it's getting better. You're on the way there. Correct. And that already is a very, very big step. And I'm comforted by the fact. I'm sure a lot of people are going through the same thing that I am. Speaking of compassion, I think it, it's also okay to know that I still want to discover things while I still can. But also, I still have to be realistic with the choices that I make, you know? Like, not to be caught up with the whole, you know, I have to make a life purpose. I have to find constant joy and fulfillment in what I'm doing. Because... Okay, this is also another crisis that I thought of. What if I am what if I am actually already fulfilled? But because I keep concentrating on thinking that there could be better things out there for me, like my sense of contentment is being overpowered by my sense of opportunity by being a maximizer. Yes. Well, I don't know. It's like for me, of course, before when I started YouTube, I was like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to like go to 10K subs. I'm going to be super popular. I don't know. But I don't know. Like that was my epiphany yesterday. Like if I make it or if I don't, as long as I made it in my own little world. You're so, okay. Yeah. I think. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I think I'm okay now. Yeah. I'm pretty happy now. Oh, I'm happy for you. And I, and I feel like I'm slowly getting there. Yeah. I think that's 
the was journey. important. Yes. Oh, wait. So I finally found that quote from F. Scott Fitzgerald. So it's the universality of literature. That is the part of the beauty of all literature. You discover that your longings are universal longings. That you're not lonely and isolated from anyone. You belong. That's nice. Yeah. So to everyone out there, everyone, anyone, I feel like it's everyone though, having a quarter life crisis, let's panic together. <laughs> <laughs> let's hold hands. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, let's not pretend that we're gonna be super okay with this. We're yeah. not, but at least we're all together. So, you know, I hope like my thoughts and, you know, my our thoughts help you out to discover something more about yourself and maybe like not really find the solution but uh make this journey as you know in your quarter life a bit better a bit easier and you know you can also share your thoughts with us you Mm. can dm us on instagram twitter at it's twin t it's twin t it's twin t and uh, we're tired i think yeah you want to get a milk tea oh yes i do okay Okay, so guys we're gonna go get milk tea now so this is us signing off um see you in the next episode Bye. bye bye